0: Welcome to the fight to follow podcast. My name is Nate Moyer and I'm here to tell you that we are in this fight together. You are not alone. You are not forgotten and you are most definitely not fighting by yourself. It's important to remember that the fight to follow Jesus is a fight that is best fought together throughout this life. We are many times faced with circumstances and events beyond our control. That would break even the best of us, but that doesn't have to be the case. While the popular saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, may be somewhat true, many times what doesn't kill you actually leaves you injured, which leads to feeling isolated, bitter, depressed, angry, and many other things. You see, when life knocks you down as it sometimes will, it's important to have a team around you that will lift you back up, dust you off, and continue to fight with you. And that's what this podcast is all about. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, first off, it's awesome to be back. How's your most recent week in quarantine been? I think I speak for most of us when I say I'm about ready to run through a wall. Never in my life have I lusted, I'm talking about lusted over the thought of simply going to Texas Roadhouse. I mean, seriously, I can barely remember what it's like to sit down with a perfectly grilled ribeye steak, some steamed broccoli, and a loaded baked potato. I'm just praying that they're open by Father's Day, because guess what, kids? We're going to Texas Roadhouse. But seriously, I hope and pray you're thriving during this season and not just surviving. Our last couple of weeks have been pretty interesting. When I first had this brilliant idea to start a podcast, I was like, I'll easily be able to bang out a couple episodes per week. And then reality quickly set in, and I quickly realized that was not going to happen. So I've settled on shooting to release one episode per week, which is still a tall task in my quarantine life, let alone my non-quarantine life when this is all over. But that's my goal, and I'm going to do my best to hit it with the understanding that there will be weeks where I don't. And I think I'm okay with that. Now, some of you may have noticed I didn't release an episode last week, and I have zero excuses. Well, actually, I have multiple excuses, but none of them are actually any good. We just got caught up in stuff like home renovation projects and... Making sure our kids are actually doing their schoolwork and not just watching YouTube videos. And, you know, trying to find a new job and just trying to keep the overall sanity and peace in our home. Which leads me to our topic for today. Today's episode is called The Fight for Peace. Now, I have found in my short 36 years of existence on this round thing that we call Earth, that the fight for peace starts with practice or as my favorite Philadelphia athlete once famously said over 15 years ago, we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Yes, AI, today we're talking about practice. We're talking about practicing your peace. Now to kick this off, let's go to Philippians chapter four. In this final chapter of Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, He's closing it out with some final words of encouragement to them. Let's pick up in verse six. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, One final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Don't worry about anything. Anything? Okay Paul, that's a lot easier said than done, my man. I think that's how most of us feel when we read something like this in the Bible. Don't worry about anything? That's so cliché and so simple. In your head, you may be asking questions like, uh, what about the fact that my bank account has been on a negative balance for the last week and a half? Or what about the fact that my wife just found out about my porn addiction? Or what about the fact that this depression and anxiety just won't leave me alone? Trust me, I get it. Many times preachers can read a verse and make it sound so simple, when in actuality it's not that easy. But before you click off or completely tune me out, listen to this. The book of Philippians is really like a thank you note from Paul to the Philippian church, where he's thanking them for their consistent support and love for him and his ministry. It's one of the most encouraging books in the Bible. And get this. Paul was writing it from Rome while he was on house arrest. And not house arrest like we're used to today. They didn't have electronic ankle monitors back then, so he literally is chained to a Roman soldier. Seriously, the man is on that kind of house arrest, and he writes one of the most encouraging books in the Bible? I don't know about you, but if I was in prison or on house arrest, Any letters that I'm writing would be to my lawyer or to the governor or to someone in power that could get me out. And most likely they would be what you would call some strongly worded letters. But not Paul. He's in a very rough situation and he's writing to the church and encouraging them not to worry, but instead to pray. Now, when you realize that the author of this verse was facing some very real problems, it should at minimum encourage us to hear him out. If he was able to write these truths with such conviction and passion, it must have been because he was putting into practice what he was preaching. He was practicing his peace. When Paul says pray about everything, he means it. Many times we will, without hesitation, pray about the big stuff because most of the time, we have no control over it anyways, so as a last-ditch effort, we figure that we might as well pray about it and see if God can fix it. You know, prayer becomes our last resort instead of our first response. Paul is reminding us that God wants to hear about everything. Even the stuff that we seemingly have under control. Even the so-called little stuff in our lives. And let's be honest, most of the time when we don't bother to pray about the little stuff, it ends up turning into big stuff. Now the word pray here is really combining three aspects of what we know to be prayer. When Paul says pray about everything, what he's getting at is that instead of letting worry and anxiety run wild in our lives, we need to turn our focus to God through our adoration, our devotion, and our worship. When life is overwhelming us, we need to step back and just adore our God and how great He is. Taking the time to remind ourselves that our God is greater than any problem we may face on this earth is many times just the reminder that we need. When we choose to worship instead of worry, it changes everything. Our perspective is no longer on us and our issues. It's on God. Prayer redirects our focus onto what really matters. Then we simply tell God what we need. Other versions translate this as our petition or supplication. It's basically the earnest sharing of our needs and our problems. It comes from a sincere place and not just empty words spoken out of duty or arm twisting. Think of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and literally sweating drops of blood while he did it. It's not a matter of fleshly energy, but actually spiritual intensity. And then lastly, Paul tells us to thank God for all that he has already done. A genuinely grateful heart is really hard to find in today's world. So many times we are quick to ask God, but we're slow to thank Him. I remember singing an old song in the church that I grew up in called Count Your Blessings. One of the lines that I'll never forget said, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it may just surprise you what the Lord has done. When we take the time to reflect, we quickly remember how blessed we are and how God has truly taken care of us over and over again in the past, So why would he abandon us now? Then in verse seven, Paul says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. In other words, peace comes after we pray, not before. We need to act in faith so that we can experience God's peace. The beauty of this truth is that we can experience it without understanding it. That's really the essence of the gospel experiencing something that is too complex for us to fully understand. God's grace, his love, his forgiveness, and his peace are all too vast and complex for us simple-minded human beings to fully understand. But you don't have to understand something to experience it. There are many things that I have experienced in my life that I didn't fully understand, and they have had a profound impact on me. One being the birth of my son. I witnessed that disgustingly messy yet somehow beautiful miracle in person and trust me when I say it, I had no idea what in the world was happening. I can't fully understand how a child is born, but I can, without question, tell you that I've experienced it and it changed my life. It's the same way with God's peace. Once you've truly experienced it, nothing any critic can say or do can convince you otherwise. And in John 14, 27, Jesus assures us that this peace is a peace that the things of this world cannot give you. That means it's a different kind of peace than the peace you get when your bills are paid. Or when you get the text from your daughter that her plane just landed and she's safely back at college. Or when the test results come back negative from the doctor. This peace is greater than anything you've experienced before. The second half of that verse says that his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. In other words, peace becomes our protector. The verse doesn't say that all our problems go away. It says that this unexplainable peace guards our hearts and our minds. Now, our hearts and our minds are where worry likes to set up camp. Our heart is the home to our feelings and our emotions. And if we're not careful, feelings of worry can overtake our heart. The same goes for our mind. Wrong thinking can allow worry to come in and consume our thought life to the point where that's all we dwell on. God's peace stands guard over your heart and mind the same way that Roman soldier stood guard over Paul while he was on house arrest. Now in verse eight, Paul is wrapping up this thought and he says one final thing. This is like when the preacher says, as I close, and then continues to preach for another 30 minutes. Paul tells us to fix our thoughts on what is true, and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This idea of fixing our thoughts is actually an accounting term that is referring to where our logic comes from. Literally, it's the place where we make our decisions. If we are not focusing on what is true, and honorable, and right, and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and things that are worthy of praise, we're already giving the enemy a foothold in our mind. And the enemy won't settle for a foothold when he wants a stronghold. His goal is to incapacitate you and he starts with your mind and then it follows with your decision-making. If we are fixing our thoughts on everything going on around us, we will fill our minds with worry, fear, and anxiety. However, if we fix our thoughts on God's Word and His promises, we will experience His peace. Isaiah 26.3 says it this way, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. This perfect peace is just that, it's perfect, it's complete, lacking nothing and depending on nothing. It's not based on your circumstances around you and you don't need to add anything to it. It's enough on its own. Then in verse nine, he says, keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So what Paul is saying is that not only will you experience the peace of God, but you'll also experience the God of peace. Now, Psalms 23 is one of the most powerful, popular passages in the Bible. It's been quoted at countless funerals and framed and hung on the walls of millions of homes around the world. Verse four says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Like I've said before, you can't find a passage in the Bible where it tells us that the Christian life will be easy or free from troubles. In fact, many times you'll find the complete opposite. David doesn't say that when he walked through the darkest valley, God came and took him out of the valley. No, he says that he was not afraid because God was close beside him in the valley. The peace of God comes with the presence of God and his presence is simply enough. We don't serve a God who just saves us from hell and then abandons us to live this life on our own. I mean. Think about that, how messed up would that be? Imagine if God just said, okay cool, I'm heading back to heaven, I'll catch up with you when you get here. Hope you figure this whole life thing out. No, our God is a God that never leaves us or forsakes us. He promises to walk this life with us every step of the way. Now one of the chores in our home that our boys constantly fight over is taking the trash out to the street for pickup every Tuesday and Friday, and it never fails it's always the other one's turn to take it out. But when it's my younger son's turn, it's always a little bit more of a battle, especially when he was younger. Now that he's 11, it doesn't happen as often. You see, like most kids, he tends to be a little afraid of this thing called the dark. You know, it would go typically something like this. Adrian, you know it's your turn to take out the trash tonight, right? Yeah, I know, dad. As soon as this game is done, I'll take it out. Okay, don't wait too long. It's gonna be dark soon. An hour and a half later, Adrian, did you take out the trash? Oh, no, I forgot. I'll do it right now. A couple minutes go by. Uh, dad, it's dark outside. Um, and your point? Uh, can you come with me? <laughs> and like the amazing dad that I am, I would give in and go with him while he took out the trash. Now, I didn't do it for him, he still had to roll the trash can down the sidewalk and set it along the street. He even had to carry out both of the recycling containers. He still had to do what I had called on him to do. It wasn't that he couldn't handle it, he just wanted to know that I was with him. The fact that I was with him gave him the peace and ultimately the courage to do what was in front of him. Now, there may be some things that God has called you to do that absolutely scare you to death. You may be facing something right now that seems impossible by yourself, but let me encourage you with this. His presence is enough and with his presence comes peace, peace and courage to take on whatever it is that he has called you to do. As we close out today's episode, let's reflect on what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So do not be troubled and do not be afraid. I hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and maybe even challenged by this podcast. If you have, be sure to subscribe. And if you're feeling extra nice, go ahead, give us a quick review and maybe even show us some love on social media. We would love to have even more people join in on the fight to follow. Right now, we currently can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, along with a few other platforms as well. And lastly, I would like to ask that you continue to support us by simply praying for us. Pray that God would open up doors of opportunity and that we would be obedient and full of faith to follow Him. Thank you for listening.